Hey, welcome to The Conversation. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Glad to have you here. Dad used to always joke uh, that we never had any traditions growing up. You're like, yeah, we just couldn't get organized enough to have traditions. We just had a new tradition every year. Yeah, that was it. We had tradition. so many traditions, we couldn't keep track of them. So maybe it's because of that, because of my tradition and traditionless upbringing. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> that I'm not super sentimental where everything's got to be, you know, oh, remember when? Remember when? Um, I have good memories, but but I've noticed that it, it's pretty common for people have a lot of sentimentality about, you know, childhood or what used to be. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot from people like, where's the America I used to know? And uh, I hear that a lot from people right now. And in fact, it's kind of funny. I was talking to a, an, an editor recently and he said, yeah, the only genre of Christian fiction is growing right now is this Amish uh, uh, Amish romance. You're like, Amish romance? And I was like, why? why? He's like, I think there's this element of everyone longing for a simpler time, a time when when it really wasn't actually simpler. It's like you might die of typhus while you're churning butter, right? But yeah. <laughs> but there's this idea in our mind, this rosy idea in the mind of, man, remember the good old days. Yeah. And I I don't have that. Um, but, but you know, it is interesting because as I get older, I'm starting to see my tendency towards that. And I always go back, you know, Ecclesiastes is my favorite book of the Bible, which people think is kind of demented, but it is my favorite book of the Bible. It is a little demented. No, it's- That it's, it's your favorite book. Ecclesiastes is the, <laughs> it's at the center of the Bible for a reason. Okay, let's say that for a reason. Uh, he says, in Ecclesiastes 7, he says, say not, why were the former days better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask this. The new living says, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. This is not wise. Yeah. What do you think it is within us that wants those good old days so bad? And and talk, I, let's talk about the danger of that. Why is it not wise to want the good old days? Uh-huh. Well, first of all, I, I think one of the reasons that we long for the good old days is we don't remember what they were really like. Yes. You know? And psychologists call that rosy retrospection. Your mind yeah. naturally filters out the negative. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one fellow, he told me, he says, yeah, people tell me about, oh, I remember the days when, you know, gas was a nickel a gallon. He said, only problem is nobody had a nickel. Yeah, or a car. <laughs> or a car, yeah. It's like, right. yeah, gas is a nickel a gallon, but I can't afford a car, let alone gas, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you forget that. Or oh, I remember when it was this way and that way. In fact, I had a friend of mine, she's a, a British, and um, I was talking with her one time, and she says, American Christians, they're just so... They're always so negative on things. They always think this is the worst time that there ever was. And I was kind of looking at her and I go, well, it is the worst time. Are, I know, I'm thinking, well, they are pretty bad. What are you talking about? And she says, well, just think, slavery is illegal. I go, well, yeah, okay, we know slavery's going on. We know all that, but it's illegal. Yeah. You know, we, and she says, there's a societal move against it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she says, we're not worried about the Black Plague. We're not worried about rampaging hordes of, people on horseback running into our town with no police protection and them just killing and raping and burning pillaging everything, and burning yeah. everything or pirates landing on the shore. Uh, we, we have medicines that deal with nearly everything, you know, um, smallpox and mumps and things people used to die of just routinely. Why are we have more cancer? Why are more cancer now? That's because people are living longer. They used to die of something else or farm accidents and, you know, falling off of things, you know? And, um, and so, I started thinking, wow, you're really right, you know. I think the thing is, though, when, when we reach a certain stage, we forget about those problems that used to be there. Right. And so we're only comparing it to what it could be. And so we look ahead and we say, 
oh, well, we got this problem, this problem, this problem, but we don't realize how many problems we no longer are dealing with. Right. That's like a, that, that's, a, that's that longing to go back to the more primitive state. Yeah. Like, oh man, people used to have, well, we'd see that in Guatemala. People would come to Guatemala yeah. and they would see people, you know, living in a, a dirt shack and, uh, you know, just, you know, everybody together sitting out front of their house. They're and they're so like, happy. Yeah. This isn't Disneyland where they're wearing a costume and they get to take it off and go home to their real house. This is actually how they live and they're starving. Yeah. And, and you, you can miss that because if you've lived in your good environment, you don't realize how bad that actually is. In fact, you can even see it in front of you and not realize what you're seeing yeah. because you've got this, yeah. But then you long for that simplicity of that, but it ain't that simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I can remember driving along and sometimes seeing these little kids on the mountainside and all they did all day was just watch five little goats with a little stick and yeah. keep the goats moving. I'm thinking, man, what an awesome life that'd be. And I'm thinking... Yeah, for about a, two days, maybe a day, maybe a morning. Well, and until you're 20 years old trying to raise a kid off of sheep, right? Two sheep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think, yeah, we, we tend to forget what it's like. And so what we're doing is we're comparing the hard reality of now with this mystical, visionary thing, as you say, the rosy retrospective, where you forget what it was really like. And that's why it's not wise, because you really can't compare what was going on back then to what's happening right now. Well, and that, and it just naturally breeds discontentment because your current reality is never going to measure up to your idealized past. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so, so um, when when um, I, I think of digital photography, you know, you're talking about you, you want to be all. That's the thing about digital photography. You can look at it and you take the picture and you look at, it, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was like three seconds ago. You know, right? <laughs> you can look at it immediately. You know, and I think so, we forget what the past was like. So. Yeah. So there's this element of change in life that you just, there's, you're never going to get around the fact that things are changing. So where do you think the line is in, in honoring the past, recognizing the past, valuing the past, but not getting, Jesus talked about, you know, you don't sew an, an unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Uh, otherwise, whenever, you know, it's, it's going to tear away from the garment or the classic, you don't put new wine, which is constantly expanding into an old, dry, brittle framework, the old, dry, brittle um, uh, wine skin because it'll crack and then you lose the wine and it's just shot. So there's Jesus acknowledges, he says, look, it's always changing and always growing and you've got to be flexible to that. Where does the past fit into that? And, recognizing the past, you know, the days before with as best as you can with the reality of what it was and integrating that into the current present to where you appreciate the past because that is a danger too today. We have a lot of people who are like, destroy the past, destroy all of it. We'll start with something new. Where do you think the line is on that? Well, again, and that's that's where you're you're trying to judge the past decisions and past things based on the current reality. Right. You know, and, and it's totally unfair and it's totally unjust. For example, you know, what I think George Washington, I don't know if this is real just wives' tale or really happened, but they say they were bleeding him trying to get him better. You know, they would drain blood out thinking that yeah. somehow that would make you better. Isn't that the way he died? Uh, that's, I don't know if that's really actual okay. fact or not, but that is the rumor that that's how he died from being bled. And you'd go, well, and to judge them, well, then they murdered the president. No, based on that society and that environment in that context, they thought they were doing the best thing they could do. 
Right. And they were doing the best they could do under the in, in situation. On the current in. knowledge they were they yeah. had. Yeah. And so you you can appreciate the past because frankly the reason we know better now is because they made mistakes back there. Yeah. And we would be making those same mistakes if we had not if we didn't have their foundation to build upon. Yeah. And so all the knowledge that we have today is built upon somebody else, you know, I mean the the idea of the fact that we were able to fly to the moon was based on the fact that a whole bunch of people crashed. Yeah, a lot of people died in the fly. process. Yeah, died yeah. in the process. But but in that learning, then we were able to build upon it. So if you go back and you go, well, they just they were wrong and they were evil and they were this. No, the reason you are where you are today is because of whatever mistakes and right things they did. But they you don't you never get it right the first time. You hardly ever get it right the first time. So it's the mistakes they made that allow us then to be able to hopefully move forward. So you appreciate the past, even the bad things of the past. Yeah. Okay, Which we is, learned from that. Yeah, that's, uh, Ken Wilber talks about that, that the, the path to enlightenment, and it's not a Christian thing, but he basically says is you integrate everything, the good and the bad of the past, and you build on it, right? So, mm -hmm. But you don't hang out there. Yeah. You, so you, tran, uh, Richard Rohr says transcend and include. I think he got that from Ken Wilber, but transcend and include, where you don't despise what came before you. Um, and that's what a lot of people, you see people that, you know, they go, get an education or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah. the, I was such, oh, ignorant. And my parents were so ignorant back there. And, you know, those hillbillies back where I came from. And you start to despise it, but that's not wisdom. Uh, despising it is not wisdom either. You know, don't no. look at it with rosy retrospection. Uh, so you either tend to go one of those two ways, but it is, you either despise it and say, you know, back then I was so ignorant and I wish I wouldn't have had that upbringing. But part of your unique view of the world today is, your ability to integrate that. Right. If you throw that out, you're no good. But if you're also hanging on, then you've got the other people that hang on strictly to the past and they get stuck there to where there's no room for growth and say, yeah, it used to be that way, but it can't be that way anymore. Right. Because things have changed. Yeah. So, uh, kind of kind of in the, in the, in the, the, I think people could maybe, we were on something or maybe where people you can grasp it. It's hard to grasp it societally. Right. But you can grasp it in your own life because you look back and you go, okay, that that bad upbringing I had, I learned some things from that. Yeah. I have an appreciation for people who are in that same situation. I have an understanding of what that mentality is. Yeah. And maybe I've grown out of it. But you know what? I'll bet there's some mentalities I have right now that I haven't grown out of. Right. And so I'm not there yet. And my kids are going to go, dad was such a loser. Was such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, it, because it is. Hopefully so anyway. Hopefully they'll look back and go, well, my dad just didn't get, understand that. Because they've been able, hopefully your kids are getting a head start based upon what you've put into them. Yeah. You know, because if they have to go through the same thing you went through, then what, what's the purpose of that? We all have to start to race at ground zero. You know, the idea is to help your kids to get that head start. And then they are going to look back and go, yeah, well, dad didn't understand these things. Well, what a loser he was, you know. But if you've instilled wisdom and then they're going to look back and go, wow, I am what I am today because of the sacrifices he made and the mistakes he made, as well as the things he did right. Yeah, which is is a lot of humility, is recognizing where you are in the scope of things. And honestly, you're not that important. Yeah. But yet you are important to some people, right? So there's this humility of recognizing um, just, I, I, I don't know, I guess just at the core of, what's it, we were talking about that verse in James 3 where it said that there's this humility that, or there's this wisdom that comes from humility. And when you've got, um, when you've got an understanding of you're, you're not the center of the world, 
Mm-hmm. There's there's an element of understanding. Well, I'm not the center of the world. So yeah. what? But what is my place right now? How do I I be wise in my day? I think there's another verse that talks about that. And recognizing, again, where you came from is there's negative to it, but it's also not the ideal of what it used to be. And that's where if you get hung up too much on what used to be, that's a, I see that in churches all the time, man. Churches, everybody, <laughs> God bless them, but. You know, there's this one golden age of of all of churches, right? And and I see that unless the church is constantly changing, I've seen some churches that have navigated the change, but generally churches were just not really good at navigating change. So you get a church that's really successful for maybe 15, 20 years because they were in a unique, they knew their stage in in history, right? They knew their stage, like this is what's working right now. And God uniquely blesses it. The church grows big or the church is very successful at discipleship, whatever. But then the world changes and the church starts going. And, and now we're talking about a church, like a particular fellowship. Yeah, yeah. And a church yeah. starts to decline. Not the church. A church starts to decline. Now, remember, there's again, it's the humility of recognizing, yeah, but that was a unique time that mm-hmm. God did this blessing. We were hitting on the cylinders of what was going on in society and culture. And God put us in that unique place. And we're very humble that he allowed us to use us that place. But then the next generation kind of tapers off and you go, well, people just don't want truth anymore. Yeah, that's what it is, and it's it's that arrogance of we're speaking the truth. And remember the good old days when we all wanted truth. Nobody yeah. wants truth anymore, and that's why our attendance is declining. But really, maybe it's because you've held on to a very idealized. I've I've been at churches that are still singing. They've been singing the same church, song for the same thirty years, yeah. singing songs. I was, I went to a church recently, and they were singing the songs that they were singing when I went there thirty years ago. Yeah. And I'm going. Holy cow, like that's... But you know, in a sense, maybe that's not so bad when you're talking about an individual church because maybe a church like an individual ought to have a lifespan. It rises up, it reaches its peak, it's productive, it's it's influencing the community, it's influencing everything. And then what typically happens is the generation that had that great revival, that great move of God, they begin to get said in that way and that's the way God moves. Right. And so we don't change it. Okay, fine. So they sit there and they just eventually die off. It's like a body. Your body just gets weaker and weaker and, and, and less effective. And you and just now that's an important distinction because they say that's the way God moves rather than that's the way God moved. Right. No, this is how he does this is how God does it because yeah. we experienced it. Which goes back to that the the former days. Like God moved at one time in right. that way in a very good way. Yeah. And, but and, he's moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then again, God never changes. Yeah, but so he, we can but justify his, it. But the way he does things Methods changes. Do. I mean, exactly. that's what Jesus is saying there. Basically, he's saying, yeah, don't don't get too comfy in any position in the wineskin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so I'm not so sure that that's so bad. You know, you look at this church, and the, and the thing that keeps them going is they've invested for years and years in facilities and buildings and everything. Paid off everything. Paid off, and so. Holy Holy Spirit could leave 10 years ago and they're still going to keep going because and that, that's judgmental. I take that back. He's still there. He's still ministering to them at what they are. They're just not out blessing the world anymore. And maybe that's okay. It's like the old guy who hmm. he really can't be the missionary on the field anymore because his body just can't handle it and everything. And so you just honor him and you just go, man, brother, we appreciate what you're doing and so step back. Is it okay to let those people wander in there the good old days? Maybe. I mean, you're not going to get them out of it. I guess it's not your problem. It's their problem. And it's Solomon maybe, said to them, 
Huh. You don't say that, and they're like, but they keep saying it. Well, then yeah. you're 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 just going to well. Be- they're making themselves miserable if they keep looking back. But if they're just content with, and if they're not looking back and going, why can't it be like it was? But if they're just content with, well, this is the way it is, and we don't have that many people anymore. But we're just content, and we're just going to be here till we all pass away, and then right. You know, I'm too tired to go to yeah. go do anything different. Yeah. If they're happy with doing that, maybe there's nothing wrong. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, wow. Because you right. think about a body, my body, there's nothing wrong with a guy who just gets, I'm just too old to do that anymore. Yeah. I still have value and I used to be able to do that and I wish I still could, but I just, I'm not there anymore. As long as you're not making yourself miserable by wishing, yeah. it's that's back to, man, Back in the day, the Uncle, Uncle Rico. Rico. <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> like a, back in 82, I could throw a football over the mountains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's not 82 anymore, buddy, and you can't throw a football. Yeah. Right. yeah. So if you're just content where you are, maybe there's nothing so wrong that, with Maybe that, that's the know? contentment. It goes back to that key word. It's yeah, contentment. Yeah. Which I, yeah. Look, look at how we're wrapping this up perfectly. Oh. Did, didn't even know we were going to do that. That's the key word is, is Solomon is saying, you don't want to breed discontentment. Yeah. Um, because... Paul says that. He says, be content to work with your hands and live a quiet life. Uh-huh. And if you're doing that, you're you're going to be content. And that's where godliness was another word. Godliness, godliness. with content. Or is that the same one? Godliness no, with contentment? Godliness with contentment is great is gain. Is great gain. Godliness uh-huh. with contentment is great gain. And so you're, you're, it comes back to King Solomon in this statement of saying, don't look back at the former days and say, mm-hmm. why were they? You're breeding discontentment when you're saying, yeah. nothing's quite like it used to be. It's not as yeah. good. And it's not going to go well for you. And and that God, it's basically just saying, live a good life and be happy with it. Be happy with where you are. Be happy with it. And there's great gain in that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.